Welcome to a special throwback QWERTY Writing Life episode. We hope you enjoy this blast from the past, and we invite you to subscribe to our monthly QWERTY newsletter for updates and behind-the-scenes details. Keep the chat going by hitting reply there, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Hi, this is May. And I'm Joy. Welcome to the QWERTY Writing Life podcast, where we have candid chats about our creative lives. May and I are friends, writers, and creatives who want to share our endeavors out loud. On this podcast, we're here to encourage each other, and you too, and share tools we've discovered or made up, so you can follow your passions with a little support. So grab your tea, or your coffee, and let's get started. Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome. It is another week, and we are so excited to be here with you today. So today, we are going to be talking about finding your creative medium. But before we do that, let's talk about our creative weeks. So, Joy, what have you got going on this week? All right. So this week, I am being creative by planning ahead. (laughs) I am working on outlining and writing ahead for the rest of my February blogs. Uh, Well, now that you're listening to this, it's March, but um, I will also be working on all of my blog posts for March. So kind of trying to get ahead there. This is something, if you guys um, may have heard me talk about this before, it's been something that I've been working towards to kind of be a little bit more ahead of the game when it comes to my posts. And so that's a lot of fun. And I'm glad to finally be be hitting this goal. Um, so that's kind of what I've been doing. So what about you, May? Well, I am having to put my novel revisions on hold for a minute in order to start revisions on a poetry book. I really want to have this submitted by April the 1st, and so I will be handling that. So exciting. (laughs) Yeah. It's a lot of fun to go back and review all the things that I've been through, because poetry for me is like a diary in a way. It's very nonfiction. It's always based on a true story. and it's it's interesting it's interesting to go back and reflect and I bet that that kind of is a good thing from last week's topic where we were talking about the three e's of art and we talked about how you can kind of really see yourself in the work that you do and so there you go perfect example yeah I almost feel like I'm cheating if I'm doing that with poetry because it is so personal (laughs) That's so, true. <laughs> you know, with your if you're doing fiction or if you're um, doing a different medium that's not so in your face, you know, it's it's a little harder to find those little nuggets inside of your your creative outlet. But uh, with poetry, it's just like blah, your heart is bare right there, and you're kind of bleeding sometimes, <laughs> and it's um, it's really messy. Like for me, poetry is really messy. But it is something that I find can um, help me heal and it can hopefully help other people heal too. And that's really the goal of it for me. That's beautiful. Oh, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) So today we are going to share with you all of the creative things that we tried before we landed on our creative medium. And we're hoping that it will help you to be able to find your creative medium if you haven't found it already. 
I think that the way that you find your medium, the thing that's going to like give you the passion and and everything to just continue on uh, is to just try and try again and try again and try again. (laughs) So so I knew whenever I started out that I had, um, I had a desire to create in some way, some form, some fashion. I just didn't know exactly what it was. I knew I didn't really want like your standard life, your standard job, your standard things. Like I've always been a little bit awkward and a little bit different um, in, in, my, in my dreams and in my d- desires. So one of the first things that I tried was actually crocheting because that's creative. (laughs) um, My high school friend and I, uh, her mom taught us how to crochet. And for like, I mean, months and months, I did nothing but crochet. I thought this was what I was going to do forever. I'm just going to sell it. I'm going to open up a little shop. It's going to be fabulous. And I'm going to make scarves forever. No, everybody needs a scarf. Even if you don't need a scarf, you need a scarf, right? That's true. And I'm... I'm making up these little patterns and I did have a really good time, but then I I found out that I didn't like to mass produce. I just didn't like it. And, um, I wanted to do the things that I, I wanted to do and I wanted to do them once or twice, maybe three times. And, uh, and then I was done. I was done on that. <laughs> and, and then move on to other patterns and things like that, but it wasn't, it wasn't fulfilling. It didn't stick. So that was the first thing that I did. Do you um, do you recall the first thing that you tried? Oh goodness, I don't know. Mine's a little different because it's all been writing and photography related. I feel like for the most part, um, but for me, it was like how I approached those things, and uh-huh. yeah. So mine's a little bit different. But I did crochet for a while. I will say, did you? I did. <laughs> I did, I did not know that. Yep. I made the little baby hats. That was kind of my thing. Mm-hmm. Like I may have done like a pot holder or something like that, washcloth, whatever it was supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. but, but like I love doing the little itsy bitsy baby hats and I did a few of those and then I just, I don't know, I just stopped and I don't really know why. <laughs> yeah. It just didn't stick. <laughs> it didn't stick. There you go. That's what it was. <laughs> Yeah. So the next thing that I tried was photography and I actually did photography for a really long time. I had, um, I I partnered with a friend of mine in high school. We were in college and, um, and we started doing photography together, wedding and portrait photography actually. And, uh, we were doing the weddings in the mobile area where she is from and she just needed a hand and, and I got in there and then I started really loving that. And so I studied a lot about photography, about, um, about placement, like portrait placement and, and lighting and um, how to take candid pictures and what kind of camera I needed. And I got really invested in that so much so that whenever, um, we got to a point where I, you know, I was in the, in the Hattiesburg area, which was two hours away from Mobile, and then all of the, the, the little things. It just wasn't conducive for us to be able to do um, weddings and stuff together. So we decided that she was going to do Mobile and I was going to do Hattiesburg, which worked out really well for a good while there until it didn't stick. So I got really nervous with photography, especially wedding photography, um, because – what what if my camera breaks? What if I lose all of the pictures? What if my computer decides to explode mid mid Photoshop? Like these things bothered me. 
uh, it really did bother me. And I, and I had had quite a bit of investment into the business because I bought a new camera and I bought some, some like minor equipment and things like that. I was a natural light photographer, so I used the daylight. And so I didn't have a lot of that kind of expense, but there was enough. There was enough in there, mostly time expense, because it took a long time to go through all of the pictures that I would take just because I was scared of missing a moment. And, um, and so I'd go through all of those and then I'd narrow them down and then I would Photoshop them and then I would make a scrapbook and then I would order prints. And it just seemed like this thing. It was always this thing, you know, it was just a stressor that I didn't need. And whenever I started adjunct teaching in the collegiate level for English, I put away my camera for paid stuff. Now I love, love, um, like landscape photography. I love to take pictures of foliage and uh, natural things. I love to take pictures of my kids. Um, I take pictures for friends who can't afford photography sessions. Like these are things that, that I love. It, it, uh, it moved to a hobby to me and it was much more fulfilling mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. It does. It makes perfect sense. Our photography stories are similar with that. Yeah. Yeah. What you got? So I, uh, well, in college, it was always a little back and forth with me about, okay, writing or photography, writing or photography. And uh, I had opportunities to do both, um, both in internships and then also in classes and on campus. I worked with uh, both the newspaper and the yearbook. And so I had opportunities to do both. But as I was getting a little further along, closer to senior year and graduation, it's like, okay, I got to make a decision here. You know, I feel like I don't necessarily want to do both, so I need to decide where I'm going to focus. Um, and my ultimate decision was to stick and focus with the writing, uh, and that's I became a reporter right out of college. But um, photography was always something that I loved, and I started a business as well with portraits and weddings and that sort of thing. Uh, I love natural light too. Like all of, all of that stuff, we're so similar with all of that. Uh, but yeah, it just it sapped the joy, um, especially when it came to weddings. Oh, weddings are so stressful uh, for a photographer because mm, everything great. that you said, oh my goodness, you know, what if you miss the big moment? What if something happens to your equipment? All of these things. And then the last wedding I did, guys, it was a disaster. I mean, it was, it was the worst wedding in the history of weddings. And hopefully were the person who... Well, I don't think they'll ever listen to this podcast, but it was horrible. Let me just say the entire wedding party was drunk from like early in the morning and it was nobody was cooperative. Like there was no way I was going to get any kind of decent. It was just it was bad. It was bad, bad, bad. <laughs> so it wasn't you that was the disaster. <laughs> no, I like I rented extra equipment. Like I even had my husband helping me out. So we were like, you know, we were going to make sure that we got every moment for these people. And it was awful boy did you get oh. every moment <laughs> oh my gosh y'all just no mm. anyway that's when I decided no I'm not doing this anymore and the thing is I love nature photography as well so that's another thing you and I just need to get together and go out and just have like a, a photo day um that is yeah. that's basically my Instagram page by the way guys <laughs> <laughs> it, is. it is she takes such pretty pictures oh my goodness 
Well, I've got a Japanese magnolia that is just killing it in my front in my front yard right now, and it's gorgeous. And I can't stop taking pictures of it. It's just oh, it's oh, it's dreamy. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so yeah, so photography didn't stick yeah. with either of us. It seems no. it's still around though. Like we <laughs> use it a lot. As kind of an accompaniment to our writing because your Instagram page, you put stuff there. You know, we both Mm -hmm. do stuff like that. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it still is fulfilling, but in a different way. It's not Mm -hmm. a career fulfilling. It's just a a happy, content feeling whenever I get get that good shot that I don't necessarily need. It's just extra happiness. (laughs) It's laying out. (laughs) That's what we would say in in the New Orleans area. It's that little extra something. (laughs) so my next venture into the creative world was jewelry making and I love jewelry making it's super fun Uh, I love the tools I love working with my hands I love designing something I have a little thing called a wig jig and I can make my own like yeah it's so much fun so (laughs) it's like a pegboard and you put these little pegs in there and then you wrap your wire around there your your you know, your, yeah, your wire, you wrap your wire around there and you can make, um, different designs. You could make pendants, you can make the fish hooks for your earrings and, you know, that sort of thing. And it's all like handmade. So you don't have to really buy anything, but I really loved working with sterling silver because I have a high sensitivity. I can't wear nickel. I can't wear brass or copper or and like for necklaces. I really can't wear necklaces that are made out of, um, metals that aren't gold or silver sterling silver because it um I have a reaction my skin has a reaction to it and it'll start to um have abrasions so uh so I was making like kind of this higher end type jewelry using these you know real stones real silver things like that and uh, I wasn't getting the um response to it from a client perspective in that they wanted to spend $5 when I had to charge 25. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. And I, and I don't know if it's just because of where I am or where I was selling or things like that. It just wasn't quite, there was, there was a, a job that wasn't there. Now, granted, this was before Etsy. This was before, um, society six, <laughs> this was before where you, I mean, you couldn't even like, you, you didn't have a web page and you sure didn't sell from it that sort of thing. So this was quite a while ago, guys. So now it might be a little bit different, but I had the same feelings that I had with crocheting. It was like, I like doing this creative thing, like one, two, maybe three times, but as far as mass production and then having to deal with people um, talking about how my my stuff was too expensive it was really hurtful because I'm like, I created it. It's worth this. <laughs> so um, so the jewelry thing is just for fun now, too. Yeah. And maybe it'll come back one day. That might come back as like an addition, but I'm not I don't need it right now. Yeah. Well, and I think too, like what you said about, you know, you're, you didn't want to mass produce something. And I think that when you start doing that, you're taking away that creativity. 
you know, because that's what's so fun is that creative part and, you know, getting to make something new and, you know, yeah, so I totally get that. Yeah. And um, I guess the next to last thing that I tried, and I'm sure that there are other things in between here as well. Uh, you know, because I still do art, but it's not a, it's not for a career um, as far as like canvases and alcohol inks and acrylic paints and things like that. But it's, you know, that's still hobbyish as well. But um, the last thing that I've not really picked up, which I guess is the, the thing with crocheting and jewelry making and even like professional photography, I'm just not picking those up. And uh, for quilt uh, for this one, I tried quilting and sewing because I just thought that's what I was going to do. I was going to wear only clothes that I made and all of the stuff. It was so wild to, to think back on that time. And um, I just felt like quilting was one of those things that was kind of going um, away, like the typewriter. And I wanted to get in on it and learn about it and, and, and see, you know. And then one Christmas, I was like, I'm making everybody a quilt. Everybody's getting a quilt. It's going to be fabulous. and it was high stress, like stress to the max in order to get those things completed. And I did uh, sewing machine quilting. So I uh, did not do the hand stitching and it still took quite a bit of time as I was learning and working on patterns. And I had my my very good friend, Maggie Farrell, her grandmother was teaching us how to quilt at the same time. So we actually worked on this stuff together and it was a lot of fun. Um, that, that I would never trade. I would never trade that experience. Um, but I, and I would probably make a quilt again for family or for me or for a baby or something like that. But I'm, I don't want to really mass produce it. (laughs) You know, and each of these things are, are things that I could see you potentially down the road, making something special to go along with a book. That would be like a special thing, you know, for either a giveaway or or something like that. That would be just a really special creative extra. Yeah, yeah. There are there are definitely ideas for collaboration with other, you know, like just mushing all of these different artistic things together. Um, I have some ideas for jewelry. I have some ideas for photography and and painting and all this stuff. But I just don't need to work on that right now. And, uh, and I think that that's the point is like, I don't need it. You know, I have so much stuff going on. I have the job, I have the family, I've got the thing and the friends, the things, you know, and I just don't need it. But I need writing. Writing is non-negotiable because when I put, picked up a pen and even when I, before I was even like decent at it, when I first started and I wrote a scene or something like that, like something inside of me was just like, I made this, you know, like this is, this is mine. And then I revised it and I made it better. And then (laughs) like, and I really wanted to share it. I, I just really wanted to share it. And I really loved the whole process of creating through writing. And I, once you hit that point for your medium, like, I think that's when you know, if you need to have this creative part of you fulfilled through writing or crocheting or quilting or photography or jewelry or art or whatever it is, whatever it is, 
if you need that, you have found your medium friend. Yes. And I think, you know, another thing, another way to put it is just, I can't not, I can't not write. Like it's, it's just, it's like breathing. You can't try to not do it and it didn't work. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, with me, I've done so many different things with writing. um, But a lot of those things were the more career that you think about with writing. So I started out as a reporter. um, And then I kind of moved to doing more business writing, writing for businesses. And I do still write for one business. And I have written for her business for we're at a decade now that I've written for her. And I thoroughly enjoy writing for her and for her business. And I've gotten so much out of it. And it's just been amazing. But I didn't want to write for businesses. I just didn't, you know, like besides hers, like I, I tried writing for a lawyer. That was a horrible nightmare. (laughs) I don't really care for lawyers too much, but anyway, um, it, it made me some money. So, you know, that was nice, but it didn't, it didn't, you know, there wasn't that, there's the creative aspect of, you know, how you write the articles and how you put the information together. Like that's, that's definitely a creative aspect, but it wasn't the creative aspect that I desired, that I longed for. Um, and then I found that too with, I thought I would do blogging as an actual career pursuit, like trying to actually make money through blogging. I realized pretty quickly that's not how I wanted to do it. Now, I do blog and I enjoy it. Um, but if I were trying to really, really care so much about the SEO and being um, found and being out there and having ads and stuff that's going to bring in money and getting a certain number of, of page views, like mm, that would that would steal all the joy for me. Um, so that one, you know, and also magazine writing was another thing I've written for several magazines over the years. Um, but one of the other things that kind of kept going throughout all of this was I didn't necessarily want to write for someone else. You know, I wanted to write what was in my heart and that's what it came to. So I think that I was on the right path when I started the photography business because I knew that I wanted to work for myself and I wanted that work to be creative, a really true creative thing. But that wasn't quite it. I hadn't quite gotten it. And then I finally pursued the writing um, creatively as a, as a career. And that was it. You know, like Megan said, like, this is, this is the thing. That's the thing that, um, that fuels me and uh, fulfills all of those desires. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. So the question is, have you found your medium yet? And I think that leads us directly into our QWERTY challenge, does it not? Yes, I think so, definitely. All right. So, guys, today we're going to ask you to jot down a list of all of the things that you've tried or pursued over the years. Is there one that just keeps coming back that won't let you go? Is it something that you need Is it something that you just can't not do? And it's kind of like a ghost, like it's haunting you (laughs) whenever you try to get away from it. It's just right there over your shoulder. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If that is the case, then that might be your medium and you might have found it. 
let us know, email us and let us know what you have decided to do for your creative outlet and maybe even have turned it into a career path or if you're just hanging out with it for a little while and making sure that it is exactly what you need in your life. Yes. Cannot wait to hear all about this and your process. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Guys, don't forget to check out the Women in Publishing Summit and we will see you next week. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening until the end. Seriously, you're a trooper. Do you think pretty writing life is the bomb? May, you just said the bomb. Don't you censor me. If you think Cordy Writing Life rocks ice for real, oh my word. please rate, review, and share us with others. If you have questions about this week's episode or want to start a conversation, you can reach us by visiting cordywritinglife.podbean.com. We'll be back next week with more candid chats for you. <laughs>